Welcome back to another edition of Be The Change Georgia, brought to you by Be Local Georgia. I'm Nathan Stuck, and I'm passionate about amplifying the voices of the amazing leaders surrounding the B Corp community in the Southeast who are showing how making a profit and making a difference aren't mutually exclusive ideas. Today, there are more than 4,000 B Corps across 75 countries and 150 industries, unified by one common goal, transforming the global economy to benefit all people, communities, and the planet. If you want to learn how to plug into our purpose-driven business community alongside the inspiring leaders we feature on this show, check us out at BeLocalGeorgia.com, and we'll hope to meet you at our next event. Today, you'll have the opportunity to learn from Jared Myers, the co-founder of Florida for Good. Much like Be Local Georgia in the Sunshine State, Florida for Good is driving the initiative to promote corporate responsibility, helping businesses doing good to thrive in a purpose-driven economy. Jared's also the co-founder or an investor or the chairman of several B Corps headquartered in Florida, including Legacy Vacation Resorts, Salt Palm Development, and Climate First Bank. During this episode, you'll hear how Jared discovered B Corporations as what he would call the only way he wants to engage in business and how meeting like-minded leaders instilled confidence that business can do good while making a profit. Jared also shares why ethical and conscious business practices are not political, but are simply caring for people and the bottom line. Have you ever wondered how businesses can truly make a difference in today's world? Then stay tuned as we sit down with Jared Myers and learn from his transformative journey from a traditional travel company to a torchbearer for ethical, purpose-driven business practices. Jared Myers, welcome to the show. It's great to finally get you on Be The Change Georgia. Hey, thanks for having me. It's going to be exciting. I don't think I've, I literally looked today, honestly, I was on LinkedIn for a different reason to pull your profile to link it to something, but we have 507 mutual connections. <laughs> I'm not surprised. We we should do an overlay, see how many of them are B Corp connections, but I imagine a good chunk, maybe 90% of them. Probably. Oh, I'd say it's probably, yeah, 97%. Let's talk about your B Corp journey. Um, I feel like everybody's heard mine a hundred times now, but how did you first get kind of like find your way into that B Corp world? And, and what what was it that led you down the path to, I mean, you have some businesses that you've run that are like, I don't want to say non-traditional B Corps, but I mean, you have uh, real estate development, uh, hotel companies, not exactly what we think of uh, when we think of B Corps. So how did you find your way into this community? So uh, it actually wasn't that long ago, but it, a lot's transpired since then. Uh, so my career you know, started in more traditional travel company. And what I mean by traditional was we, you know, we looked at our responsibility as to make money and kind of looked to government to handle a lot of the societal and environmental issues outside of that. That's what I learned going into there. That was my uh, experience and exposure. And a lot of the way that business operated just never kind of sat well with me. In fact, uh, it's a very long story behind it, but my uh, relationship to those businesses ended in uh, a long string of litigation. It was very contentious. 
And I was trying, ultimately just tried to get away from it at the, the very end. And when I left that style of business, uh, I had a real distaste in my mouth for uh, how business could be conducted, how maybe I had learned in hindsight, um, too many businesses in the industries that I was in were conducted that way. And um, I was seeking something different, hoping that something was different out there and or maybe wanting to believe that business could be done differently. And so I started doing some research to try to see, you know, clearly some companies have figured this out. Um, but I was really concerned that what I was going to find were just really clever marketing from businesses that were out there telling us all the good things they were doing, but really just hiding the stuff they didn't want us to see. And through that research process, I found B Corps online uh, and naturally didn't believe what I was reading, had to do a lot more research, talk with a lot of people, <laughs> uh, contact B Lab, you know, the nonprofit behind the movement and say, you know, how, how can you help me get convinced that there's legitimacy behind this? And, and that really started out the whole, the whole process. And then I uh, fast forward, uh, became fully passionate about everything that B Corp represents and decided that's really the only way that I want to engage in the business community. That's awesome. How did, uh, like, as the more you got into the B Corp movement, and, and, and you and I both know we mentioned a champion's retreat, and I always tell people they should go just because there's that there's that element of being inspired by your peers or your aspirants, as we say in academia of, of these, you know, business owners and people that we, cause same thing, like that doubt of like, how do you make money doing that? Um, <laughs> that you're just like blown away or they have some crazy social enterprise that has figured out a way to make profit and make the world better. Um, how has getting, getting into this community, influence you and your leadership and the, the companies you're involved with. Talk about that a little bit. So when I started meeting B Corp and other leaders like you, I mean, your, your leadership has gone grown significantly since we first met, which is like awesome. You got your own business, uh, which at the time you didn't, uh, and book by the way, uh, which I want to put a plug in for because I enjoyed reading it. Uh, but it, when I met other B Corps and leaders in the space, it gave me confidence to see that, hey, this can be done because there's a lot of chatter out there that, oh, you can either make money or you can try to make money and ultimately go out of business, you know, like by, by disfocusing on what it is that you need to look at. And the B Corp community has proven that that's just flat out false, that you can actually still be a good person. You can bring compassion into the workplace. Um, you can set the intention not to exploit and extract in order to make money. And ultimately, you still make money. And for the most part, you make money because of the responsible practices that you're doing, not in spite of those. And so um, I think a big part of it is the belief and the confidence that comes out of seeing others already doing it in a variety of industries, uh, different ages. And so the community was very important to me to prove this can be done. It's something I can do that aligns with my you know, personal interests in life, which were very important to me at that point that I didn't want to be a different person when I went to work than when I was at home. Um, and so it's just, it's given me a great alignment in life so that I can be much more satisfied and fulfilled with what I do every day. That's awesome. And and I, you hit on something that I love to hit on is, is like that talk about, you know, making money. Um, 
I think the B Corp community, we do a, a disservice and we, we shy away from talking about return on investment and, um, you know, a lot of this too, even, even meeting companies where you, you meet some, some new B Corps where it's in the DNA of how they run their business, but there's also an awareness that this is a market shift. You know, I mean, you're in a state where everything's kind of being legislated telling you, you can't do good with your business. And, you know, I think the savvy business owners get that like, you can legislate all you want, but it's a demand curve shift that is happening with the younger generations coming behind us. And that presents a market opportunity. And, you, you know, whether, you know, it's it's 100% your DNA, or it's kind of and you see that opportunity there, it's it's also just a savvy business move. 100%. I mean, it is in my DNA. But if it wasn't, I mean, I get so many requests on LinkedIn for open positions. You know, are you hiring? And it's because we're at B Corp. They always mention that. Um, I hear that constantly through our, you know, people and culture uh, office that people want to come to us because of what our values are. Um, our employee satisfaction is the highest it's ever been as a company. You know, we keep winning top workplace in different categories, but that's only because of these B Corp values that we uh, that we hold dear. Um, our profits and our revenues are higher than they've ever been. Uh, as a business, I'm referring to the hotel side of it, but uh, that's also true in the banking side and the real estate side that uh, I'm a part of. All have been very successful um, and more successful since we became a B Corp than prior. And part of that's because our customers care about this. And you know we're just starting to measure that, but uh, we see that. It's funny, I was just in Seamwood Springs, Colorado at our property this past week and I could see bumper stickers in our parking lot that were clear that they knew what we were all about. I'm trying to remember uh, it's not coming to mind the one that I really liked right now but it but the, the fact is that uh, customers are seeking us out because they know that when they spend money with us we're going to use it in ways that lift their lives up or lift the communities up in different ways than maybe a traditional business would do and so, um, whether or not it is, as you were saying, in the owner or executive's DNA, there's so many reasons to be considering this right now. Maybe what one last great example of it would just be that, you know, I'm in the hotel industry. The hotel industry was decimated during COVID. Right? We actually shut down our properties. But because we didn't abandon our B Corp values in that, and we didn't do that by we maintain full employment by going through that, the loyalty we got from our employees the way that the community felt about us it really led to us bouncing back faster than others in the industry. We had full employment well before most in the industry. Um, and it really just demonstrated what resilience looks like. But resilience doesn't just happen. You have to work on it proactively. And I think when you become a B Corp, you've proactively taken those steps so that you will be more likely to be resilient when that next downturn happens. Wow. Yeah, no, I mean, that's crazy to think about keeping full employment. And but you're right; that's an industry that's still struggling to get back to full employment. And they still and 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 it's just kind of when you do fill it, it's a revolving door. But you also mm -hmm. have one of the best in the business with Susanna, um, she's awesome. who, who comes to the B Culture call still every month. She is fantastic, and we learn so much from her because she's true, like Sherm HR. So we learn a lot from her coming to those calls. And for those, by the way, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, we I run a monthly B culture call with uh, B Corp leaders from around the country where we share what we're what we're working on, what we're struggling with, how we make our workplace one of those best workplaces that that Jared has. So um, no, I love that you said that. Even even the bank, we can plug the bank since 
I'm a happy client, uh, Climate First Bank. I waited for them when I first launched Profitable Purpose. I waited six months for them to open. Um, and my first client was like, Are you, am I ever going to get an invoice? <laughs> and I said, well, my bank's not open yet as soon as it is. So um, it's just been it's been fun to partner with Climate First. And again, knowing where my money is sitting at night um, is important to me. So and again, that comes back to the demand of I wanted that banking solution um, so badly that I was willing to just kind of float accounts receivable for six months of operations so that I could have the banking relationship I wanted. Um, we touched on this at the beginning. We talked a little bit about uh, Florida for Good because I always joke that you guys were about a year ahead of us. Um, and, and I was when I was launching B Local Georgia, and we I think at the time we had like eight B Corps, and I asked for forgiveness from B Lab. I broke things first, and then just kind of started something that I probably wasn't supposed to start. And uh, you, but you were there to kind of coach me through what had worked, what hadn't, give me different options, and you ended up kind of going more of the Florida for Good route than to, like a traditional B Local. So talk to me about Florida for Good. What struggles were there getting it off the ground? What successes have you seen since? And how is that community, especially in a state as long as Florida is, like how do you, how do you try to get the community together, and uh, and and even some of the different branches? Because I know some of the people from from Miami for Good, and it's just it's it's been a success, and we've learned a lot from watching it. So I'd love to hear some of that story. Absolutely. So when I talked a little bit about my disillusionment with business and how that got me into the B Corp community. And really my first thought before even how quickly were my own companies going to become B Corps was how do I grow this movement in the state of Florida, which I, so surprises some people, but that was one of the first things I contacted B Lab about when I um, realized that this was a community I wanted to be a part of. So there were about 16 B Corps in Florida uh, at that time, and they were spread across this very long state. And because of that, they weren't in regular conversation with one another. There weren't events going on regularly, and it just seemed very difficult that we were going to actually grow this in the state of Florida. Uh, at the time, when I again, learned about B Corps, I thought, like, well, why wouldn't every business be B Corp? It just made such sense to me. So I went into it probably thinking we were going to have like 100,000 B Corps in the state of Florida in a short period of time. It's, it's a little bit harder to grow a community than that. Uh, but I went in and uh, I, I remember people just kind of looking at me sideways because I came in with such passion. I'm like, oh, no, we're going to do this. And I, I definitely probably oversold what we were going to do in the state of Florida because I really believed we were going to be able to do that. I didn't know how hard it was uh, to be a community builder. That was not an experience that I had had you know, previously. But um, you know, what I learned initially, and I think some of the unique things we started out with, was we didn't just look at the businesses that were incorporated as B Corps or benefit corporations in Florida. We looked at any business that did business in Florida. So even if you were a B Corp from another state, but you had operations in Florida, whether those were, you know, uh, whether you're an athleta uh, Eileen Fisher, and you had stores here, or you had employees that were operating in Florida, or even if you had customers in Florida and marketing was important to you, then we thought, why don't we bring all these businesses together? One, because it's going to help us um, have a bigger appearance, improve the marketing, improve name recognition on B Corp in the state of Florida. That was very important. So we just started reaching out and saying, and we had to do a little bit more research because uh, B-Lab's platforms at that time didn't easily provide that information for one to find that. So that actually is, interestingly, one of the reasons I got on LinkedIn in the first place. I now have, obviously, a lot of followers and connections and activity on there. But prior to hopping on LinkedIn, I'd never been on a social media platform uh, and still the only one that I'm on. 
But so we uh, really used it to help grow Florida for good initially. A lot of people had random requests because that was the only way I could get their contact info. Um, so we started started doing that within Florida. Tra- started trying to have events at the more recognized brands. So we would do something at Ben and Jerry's, for example, in Florida, come get a free scoop. And then we started trying to create uh, community awareness. And then one of the other, I think, unique things we did was because Florida was so large, we knew that we couldn't just have one message and one name to span the entire state. So where it's known as Florida for Good now, it originally started out as St. Pete for Good because we had uh, more operations and we thought a community that was much more likely to take to B Corp from the outset. St. Pete for Good eventually evolved into Tampa uh, for Good. And through that process, I became friends with Ken LaRoe of Climate First Bank, who was previously with First Green Bank. And uh, in conversation with him, he's like, well, we should have this in Central Florida. I'm like, absolutely, we should. And so Central Florida for Good ultimately launched from that. And then we had a few other four good programs that launched throughout the state of Florida. And the thought was, you need to have local leaders that understand the local culture, because anyone who has been in Florida, as you have, knows the culture is very different in Miami than it is in Orlando, than it is in St. Pete, than the Panhandle, than Jacksonville. I mean, you can't have one message and one person to say, I know what you're going through, because you don't. I mean, each pocket of Florida is different. Now, it doesn't mean we can't align over a set of values, and that's where the For Good Movement helps bring those together share best practices, share common resources. And so we went about it by trying to find these local leaders. And currently we do have these regional programs led by local leaders carrying common messages, but with the same goal to you know, make businesses a force for good, to explain what that means, how that works, um, and also to create uh, partnerships and relationships outside of the B Corp community with friends. Uh, so that might be 1% for the planet, that might be conscious capitalism, it could be the Social Enterprise Alliance, it can be a series around you know, climate, it can be um, just a variety of other networks and organizations that share a lot of our values and that uh, the For Good movement and Florida for Good can uh, work with those relationships on a regular basis and then help bring those to our regional leaders. So maybe I'll, I'll, I'll pause there because I, I know I could keep on going. Jared, you touched on one thing that I love and it's something I've taken away from I, I you know and I didn't I don't know if it hit me until I heard you say it but that I definitely learned from you is that like that abundance mindset of the conscious capitalism the 1% for the planet we just had an event in Georgia and it was there were it was with Root Local and ATDC which is an accelerator on Georgia Tech's campus and um conscious capitalism reached out like can we table we we're like sure <laughs> So like we just had these, but we, we got such a, a room full of heavy hitters by combining forces and working together. I don't, you know, not every company has to be a B Corp, but like all these companies that are living these values that are part of these organizations where, you know, the business owner, you know, the energy, and you know, that we're all aligned on 99% of what we're working towards. It's like, let's get in the room together. Let's be, you know, so we can, you know, and it's kind of the premise of why we're doing build and some of this, this coalition building that we're doing in the B Corp movement. 
It's like, let's be supporting each other. Let's be spending our money with each other. I'm literally sitting staring at a box of business cards I got from a B Corp in Grand Rapids, Michigan. But like, you know, let's let's do these things together and let's build this community. And let's also help, you know, the more that we're referring each other and opening doors for each other and talking about each other's brands, the easier it is to build that business case we talked about earlier. It is. It's, it's it, that it, R that ROI piece. It is. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, but this community has such fascinating companies led by fascinating people. That's why they're in this community. And so there's constant learning that can happen. So I appreciate you asking me and putting out and sharing out there how you learn from kind of Florida starting a little bit more from you. But there's a constant mutuality in that learning. It goes back and forth. Like at any given time, I'm looking at what you all are doing with Be Local Georgia and other Be Locals around the country and saying, that's a great idea. We should do that here. And because this community is all about right, collaboration over competition, it's well supported. I mean, right? You pick up the phone and you're like, hey, uh, can you tell me about this best practice you're doing in Florida? Of course. Like in a second, we want you to be more successful than we're being here. And that, that's so special that doesn't really exist. I have found in other business networks quite the same way. Yeah. And you see it too. I literally had a conversation yesterday with, with one of the um, B Corp brand merchandise companies. I, I think we killed the name swag. I don't know. I think swag might still be a term anyway. Um, and, and she was telling me about how, much they play nice because i was like you know there's other there's a there's a new one down in raleigh and she goes oh yeah i've heard all about them they're great blah 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 and i was like and it's the same way like in the b corp consulting space like who's kind of coached half the consultants carolina miranda and then now who's turned around and ryan honeyman and you know and then I, you know now i get approached by people like hey i think i've got like a free pilot thing that i'm gonna do if this client wants to do b corp can you kind of like look over this and you're like yep and so i'm like wait am i coaching my competition <laughs> But we don't really look at it like that way. I think Carolina says it best when there's 7,000 B Corps in the world. Um, there's a lot more businesses that aren't B Corps. So there's plenty of pie for us all to eat. Coming back to that kind of abundance mindset frame of mind of, of there's let's 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 bake a bigger pie together than worry about kind of protecting our little sliver of, of a slice that we have right now. Absolutely. I mean, we do that in, in tourism regularly. We want to have a ton more B Corps in the travel space. And would that create some competition? Because we can't just say, hey, we're a unique multi-state travel you know, B Corp. It would, but there's so many common goals that we would share with those companies that would make it worthwhile. It would improve overall all marketing. It would improve actions we're taking towards climate and environmental aspects. It would help us uh, truly lift up communities. We have multiple goals as we share you know, as B Corps. It's not just to make money. And most of our goals we can't achieve by ourselves. And so we need to have this collective action with others in our industries, in our regional networks that we're a part of. And so, and we do consider that as part of our success. So if we just make money and ultimately our communities fall apart, you know, we're going to stop making money pretty soon too. I mean, that people, you can't do one without the other for a long period of time. Most of these goals we can't achieve by ourselves. Awesome. I, I would say mic dropper, but I have more questions. Um, <laughs> So, um, no, that's that's beautiful. I mean, and it's true. I mean, you look at Albert, what Allbirds did with the, the zero emission shoe and basically shared all their research, all their data, how to do it. And just like, here you go, rest of the world. 
Um, this isn't a competitive advantage for us. It's how do we do things more sustainably so that there actually is a planet with people for us to sell things to. It's simple, simple premise. So, you know, that brings me to another piece of, of kind of, I don't want to say contention, but there's been a lot of pushback now against certain initiatives, efforts, and kind of some of the, the work that you're doing, that we're doing, uh, labeled like woke, kind of how, you know, we use the term greenwashing for a while, which is still, I think, a thing. Um, but just how do we persist? How do we continue our work? Um, and how do we like, what's the argument for continuing this? And honestly, too, I mean, I would say there's a little bit of it. Like, how do we stay out of the crosshairs and keep our head down and be able to continue to actually do the work and worry less about winning the ideological battle when we're more concerned with the outputs of our work than we are of whether or not we convince somebody that this is the best thing ever for them? How do we continue to win the hearts and minds of companies that are B Corpish, that are thinking about certifying, that maybe are a little bit afraid of being a labeled as woke or any of that like how how do we uh what's what's the florida playbook what do you got for us share it <laughs> uh that's a lot of good questions wrapped together and uh, i maybe one of the first points that I, i'd like to make that really has come to me over a period of uh a few a few good months of going through this or a few difficult months of going through this is that i am finding it there are actually less people that are part of this so-called anti-woke or anti-esg or whatever one wants to label it movement, and that it happens to be um, a smaller number of well-funded politicians that have decided for marketing purposes that their career can advance in the direction that they want it to advance by picking on something. And they have chosen this anti-ESG, anti-woke narrative to go after. that doesn't really exist, that can't even properly be defined very well by those politicians, but it uh, is getting them coverage on media and news. And and the reason I wanted to start there is because my experience isn't that all businesses are behind, or many businesses are behind this, or many different people are behind this. Um, There, I've read so many articles where businesses that I'm not necessarily even fond of, like I I wouldn't say they're the ESG champion or the most responsible, yet they're coming out and saying, we use ESG every day. We want to use it. It's important to us. It's a way that we frame the risk of our business to understand what risks are we facing that are non-financial in the short term, but are going to affect us over the medium and long-term range. Um, They've said that regardless of what the law is they're still going to use this ESG in one form or another. And when I say ESG, right, we're talking about caring about the environment and societal issues and governance of businesses. And the reason that they say that, and the reason that I think it's important to hear this, is that business is about people. It's about the people that work there. It's about your customers as people. It's about the communities that we impact as people. And so if we do things that make lives better, in any of those spheres, that's going to be positively recognized by people. It's not a political statement. It's just simply, look, if I'm giving a living wage in my business, people can pay to actually live. They don't have to work two jobs. They don't have to suffer and be completely disconnected while they're at work because they can actually say, hey, I can pay my bills. And so that isn't political, that isn't woke, that is just simply caring. It's human connection. 
And we're conveying that while we do business the same way I would in my personal life when I see someone on the street. And so I think that the it's important to know the difference between this marketing element that I think politicians are using around woke and what is really happening out there. So what's really happening in Florida is businesses that want to be successful are still doing the same things they were before these laws passed. They may call it something different. They may act a little bit different about it. It is frustrating because it's put up new roadblocks and obstacles that we've had to be creative and work around. And we aren't going to outright break laws because there's penalties for doing that. But the truth is, we're not going to start exploiting people now because a certain politician in the state wants us to make as much money as possible and not worry about the consequences of doing that. And so it, and it isn't, yeah, it's not political. It's not because I want to have a fight with a politician in the state of Florida. But what I do want is I want people to want to work for the businesses I'm a part of. And I want them to feel that I do care about them, truly, and not just because it's greenwashing or purpose washing. Um, and so I would say the only thing that I've, I think I've learned that is somewhat fair in the argument of when the anti-ESG has come up is that there are companies that have misabused that term. There's companies that go out there and say, look at all the good that we're doing. And the truth is they're using it for marketing too. And I go back to this. I'm talking about marketing a lot because to me, the biggest difference is what is the real intention of that person or that business? Are they really doing this to lift up people or just to be creative in such a way to get you to spend more money with them? And if they're doing that, then they're profit motivated first and foremost, and not for the right reasons. And I think there will always be a place for businesses that are doing it for the right reasons. And those are going to be the most successful. And it is almost impossible to legislate that away unless you know, the country goes in a, in a very strong direction um, that uh, where, where everything is ultimately under the control of whoever is the political party in power. Um, with that said, Florida has made it very difficult, but that doesn't kill off um, my desire and the desire of other businesses to, to still show that we're leaders and we can do the right thing here. And uh, we continue to be profitable despite that. Um, we certainly will be showing up when it's time to vote uh, because it's important to do that. We need uh, to have politicians, I think, that tell the truth. We need voters to hold people accountable uh, so that we can preserve this free economy that is uh, that we talk about within capitalism. Uh, and I think we will do that. I think right now we have um, a, uh, a dark cloud over us that's going that will pass. I don't know when. And um, if we have any responsibility as citizens, it's to make sure that a new dark cloud doesn't follow behind it. And we have the power. I think in how we spend our money, who we work with, how we vote, um, what we do on a daily basis to ensure that the next cloud uh, is one that we enjoy looking at and not one that uh, puts fear into the population. I love that. Um, capitalism too, man. Like, I mean, it's free market capital. Like it's, it's what's, it's what's made this all so baffling is like trying to legislate how, a free market works. And to me, you know, I still use the term capitalism. It's, it's you and me business owners like us in the B Corp community redefining or taking back capitalism. 
um, and taking care of people. And then when you boil it down, these are basic business school tenants that we're teaching. It's employee recruitment and retention, you know, getting the best talent, getting them to stay, getting them to love working for you. It's customer acquisition, customer lifetime value. I mean, these are all just like basic things that we teach in every business school. And uh, it's it's mind blowing. And, and if, if our hypothesis or our theory is that running our business this way um, and conducting our business in this way and, and, you know, putting stakeholders inputs into our decision making and what outputs we create, free market will tell us. I kind of I'm kind of in the, the sense of or the school of thought of like, bring it. Like, let's let's have this kind of like final capitalist battle of like, which which method is better? Um, do people want to go back to extractive, low wage, kind of, you know, at will employment, all these things that were like, or do they want a company that treats them well and takes care of them? And, and you know, actually going back to thinking about like our grandparents, it could work for the same company for 50 years and retire with a pension. So there's this, I, I mean, it's just kind of one of those and let's go, let's, let's, let's have this, let's have this epic capitalism battle and see who wins. So um, one last question before we get out of here, and it's not, it wasn't on the prepared question, so I'm going to throw you a curveball, but uh, it's, a, it's an easy one, though. This is going to come out right before we head to uh, Raleigh. Um, what are you most excited about? Build Southeast, first ever in person. I know you're speaking on a panel. Um, we're going big. We're going all day. We got like 30 speakers. We're doing more interactive working panel sessions. Um, keep everybody engaged. We got a couple of parties. We got some excursions. What's the uh, What's the highlight you're most looking forward to? Uh, I would say I'm most looking forward to the people is getting together, uh, kind of like <clears throat> the first retreat that you and I went to. Uh, when you go in the room, there's an energy that uh, doesn't exist at other conferences. It doesn't exist in other group business communities or groups that you come together. Um, we come in and the possibilities really do feel endless when you're in a, a group like that. We look at some of the biggest problems in the world, but because we're kind of singing the same tune. We feel like we can achieve those problems. And I know when I'm in there, I'll find new pathways towards achieving those problems, whether it's new relationships that I form or getting back together with people like you and um, just having general conversations and, and looking at something a little bit differently than the way that I was before I got there. And then just having an aha moment of what I can do, whether that's through our business or whether that's through Florida for good or just life in general. Again, you know, back to the whole, there's not a disconnect between how we live our personal and business lives when we're in this community. I will lead that event and I will have personal ideas that I bring home in how I live my life. Even though it's not a, you know, it's not a personal spiritual retreat, it's a business conference. But because there's such an overlay and not a disconnect in it, uh, I'll bring back ideas in that way. So it, uh, I just want to get in the room with um, you know, people I love to spend time with and meet new people. And uh, there's going to be so much I learn outside of that, but that that's the primary reason that I'm going is just to to be in that environment. And um, I know it's going to be hugely successful, and hopefully we can continue to do these year after year and let more people have exposure to this that haven't uh, ever felt this community. And you've done an awesome job in pulling all this together. I'm very appreciative of that. Uh, as most people know, I've been trying to enjoy some family time this summer, and yet I have seen the onslaught of selling out every ticket to this event. Um, it's crazy. I mean, it sold out. It's the first. It's the first in-person event that we've ever done. So, congratulations to you and everyone else. That's and I could have probably, and I could have sold three hundred. 
It's amazing. Yeah, we could have sold 300. I mean, the funny part is we didn't start promoting until the day after we sold out is when our social calendars kicked off. And I'm like, hey, we slick jaws. Maybe we should have gotten a bigger boat. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's going to be fantastic. I'm glad you're coming. I'm glad. And we have a good representation from across the region. Well, Jared, thanks so much for coming on. I would ask people where they can follow you, but you already said that you're only on LinkedIn. Um, me too. Um, so it always makes that question really easy. Uh, LinkedIn. So, but yeah, thank you so much. I mean, this is so much fun. I mean, I've been wanting to get you on this for a while. And as we've kind of expanded a little bit beyond Georgia to kind of make this a, whatever, maybe a Georgia hub regional kind of thing. Um, I have Adrian Gordon's coming in a couple of weeks. So it's just, it was fun to have this conversation and to actually share one of our conversations with the world. Well, I always enjoy spending time with you. I'm glad we got to do it this way. I know it'll be in person soon. So thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you in Raleigh. We will see you there. But yes, thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your mentorship and, and your leadership in this community as a whole, too. It means a lot to this region. I think you've helped to put us on the map, if you will. I appreciate it. Well, that wraps up another edition of Be The Change Georgia. We're grateful, as always, for the opportunity to serve you with this content and grow this incredible community of purpose-driven B Corp leaders. If you haven't already, we would be grateful for you to rate this show wherever you get your podcast by simply tapping the number of stars you think it deserves and sharing it with a friend. This helps us get the word out and continue to use our collective influence as a force for good. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help from our production team at Chat with Leaders Media. Learn how you can launch your own podcast to grow your business at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again for listening and now go be a leader worth following. Worth following.